For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Or Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander, wherever I roam I couldn't be found of my big home Welcome to episode 8 of the Beyond the Basketball podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dave Gershman. I'm being joined from the greater Toronto area by Matt Klaas. And Matt, how are you? I am good. I'm still reeling from the announcement of Greg Zahn's uh, retirement today. It's, yeah, it's, it's a sad a, day, isn't it? It's a sad day for all. Uh, I mean, Sabre Measured fans, here's the guy who's the uh, perfectly practic- uh, practically perfect backup catcher. He's actually a pretty good starting catcher for a long time. And former Royal, of course. And we'll get to him later when we talk about the Padres. But yeah, I, I had to do a little tribute post to him on Fangraphs. I, I didn't have to, but I chose to. Uh, bring is a Z game into the limelight. It was his top five moments by win probability. He added some really stirring memories for Mr. Zahn. And also hitting a walk-off Grand Slam against the, against the Rays. That's well, exciting. and the J- and then the next year. Oh, it was against uh, the Jays well, next year too. Yeah, no, 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 no. It was against the Rays when he was playing for the Jays. Yeah. The next year, he was on the he was on the Rays and he hit one not a walk off, but he hit a grand slam against the Jays. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember the one against the Rays back in Toronto. But yeah, um, you know. So first of all, uh, guys, we we need your uh, we need your uh, your emails and your and your uh, your tweets if you want to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dave underscore Gershman. Matt is at devil underscore fingers if you want to send your emails to the mailbag just send to btbquestions at gmail.com um we're going to be changing we're going to be changing the podcast format a little bit and we'll talk about that later but matt let's talk about the padres first and you actually talk about the nl west okay um we'll talk about every team uh, individually but let's talk about the padres first uh they've had a pretty interesting offseason they trade adrian gonzalez i think you know i still think everyone uh, underrates the padres because of the trade matt what do you think about the padres uh, this season well, I think that they are not going to contend. I think uh, they had a really great season last year. It was a good story. I think the front office is realistic. Uh, smart. Jed Hoyer is a smart guy. and realize they can't just uh, – that they were a little over their heads last season. Yeah. I mean, it's not a tough division to win. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it's not a tough division to contend in. It's tough to win because they're all bunched together. But they're not really there yet. Um, you know, as usual – You've got the same, you know, sort of the reverse Rocky syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, where everyone always thinks the Rockies need more pitching. Their hitting's fine, even though you have to once you account for the park, it's not really that way. And with with the Padres, their offense, I mean, it's not good, but it wasn't as bad as people thought once you adjusted for the park. Um, the Gonzalez trade is something they probably had to do. Uh, we don't have to go; that's been gone over so many times. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not. They brought in stop gaps. Uh, you know, I'm not real big on Brad Hop as a first baseman. He was he was. He wasn't all that great of a hitter in Colorado. I mean, he was, and he looked good, but once you adjusted, and he's old, and something happened to him last season. I'm not mm-hmm. thrilled with that. I'm not, but I, th- but obviously, this is just it's supposed to be a cheap stopgap. You know, Orlando Hudson's not a bad choice. I can see them moving him uh, mid-season. Vinny mm-hmm. uh, too. I don't remember if that's a one-year contract or not. And there are some building blocks there. Chase Headley, uh, Cameron Maybin. You know, I, a lot of people are really down on Maybin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's worth taking a chance on. Now, I, I don't know what's going on. With, what's going on with Kyle Blanks? Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. Uh, first of all, Matt, I just want to say that this is uh, we're recording this on Monday night, and the Padres are play, or the Padres are playing the Royals right now. And I think uh, the minute that you said uh, you don't like Brad Hobbs as a first baseman, uh, he went deep off of Sean O'Sullivan of all people. So. Well. <laughs> well. Well. That. <laughs> well. That's Sean O'Sullivan. That's better than playing at Coors. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway. 
I mean, you know, I think Kyle Blanks. Uh, I still, I still believe in him as a player. He had Tommy John surgery uh, not too long. That, that's what I meant. Is he, is he going to be back He's, this season? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the Padres are hoping that he'll be back. Um, you know, um, you know, sometime in April, maybe early May. He'll be back this season, uh, for sure, and 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 definitely by the he, summer. He's a huge guy. Is he going to be able to stay in the outfield, or well, is he going to end up no. at first base? No, he's not going to be able to stay in the outfield, and he's going to go back to first base. And and I think uh, people have said that. I mean, I think Marty Cresswell said that he's going to be a first base, and he, and he's a first base. And he's, I mean, the only reason why he was in the outfield was because Adrian Gonzalez was at first base, and they wanted to get okay. like his bat in the lineup because they thought that his bat would uh, definitely you know cross out his defense, which it didn't really do. And and you know he's and he was really good in, his, in uh, 2009 in his, in his short stint. He um he had a very rough uh, 2010 prior to his Tommy John surgery. But you know listen, I I really do like Cameron Mabin. You know everyone uh, you know everyone uh, obviously I became a Cameron Mabin fan once the, you know once he left Florida. I'm not sure you know if it's just you know because people had only the Marlins or if, you know if they just like the change of scenery. Well, that's not really the case for me. You know, I still I still believe him as a player, and I believed him in sorry, and I, and I believed in him as a player even when he was a Marlin. Um, I'm not a big fan of giving up Ryan Webb and Edward Mujica. Mujica is one of the most underrated relievers in baseball. He he was I believe he was second in baseball among relievers in uh, in fewest uh, walks per innings. He struck out more than a batter per inning. He had very good peripherals, uh, especially at home and away. I mean, he. Uh, yeah, they were pretty even at home and away. I mean, he's a very good reliever, and Ryan Webb throws incredibly hard, and uh, you know, is also a very good sinker baller with a, you know, just a really good uh, sinker and split finger and a, and a curveball. Uh, Matt, you know, I mean, what what would this Padres team have to do this year to at least you know come close, or, or not even come close, but be be you know able to compete at least a little bit? I mean, because I you know I still think that the, uh, they can be a good team. I'm not saying they're going to compete, but you know, I can't well, see, I, I can't see them being a, you know what they were in 2008, 2009. Yeah, they're not they they're not going to be that bad, but they're not, they're not going to be good. I mean, they're not going to, I just don't, I think the other three, the, the, the three teams that are contending, I mean, they'll beat up the Diamondbacks. <laughs> but, and you know, they have, obviously, Latos is a good pitcher. Clayton Richard, I think, is underrated. I agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have some in talent, but I just think that there's too many holes. Jason Bartlett, uh, I think it can't really, I mean, he's just, uh, he's, they don't have anybody who stands out. They don't have any batters who are going to scare anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some good players. I mean, you know, maybe if Maben makes a leap, uh, as it were. And uh, but you know, guys like Ludwig and Bartlett are stopgaps. I like Chase Headley. He's a really good fielder and an yeah. underrated hitter. Uh, but he's not a star. I think. I think that you know, maybe in uh, the next couple of years, uh, if the system provides things, some of the young guys continue to step up. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll compete. They've got a really smart front office. Yeah. Uh, so they're not doomed. I just don't. I think they're taking. They're a little bit like the Jays, uh, in that, uh, like we talked about before, that it, it's a, it's a good sign for long term uh, health of the franchise. The front office hasn't bought into the success of last season mm-hmm. and thought they could go for it. Uh, you see this in other times. You know, the team wins. You know, five goes five hundred. You know, because some guys play over their head and they go all in for the next season and then they blow it and then they're they're right back at square one. So uh, the Padres aren't going to be bad. But they're not going to be. They're probably not going to have the success they had last season. But in the long run, they're better off that way. Yeah, and they also, uh, you know, they, they actually, uh, you know, a player who I really like on their team. Um, well, first of all, you know, I want to uh, before before I uh, before I say that, I want to say that they have a really really interesting farm system. And and a lot of those guys, I mean, they're all there's like a, there's like a, there's like thirty thousand high upside guys in that system. I mean, it's deep. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's and that's the way to do it, exactly. right? You know, yeah. instead of and keep adding to that by trading guys. Um, and th- that'll pay off down the road. Uh, I think you'll see that with the Royals in the next few years, even though they made some of those mistakes I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And I think you'll see that uh, with the Rays. The Rays never never sit on the laurels. They don't care if people get mad at, 
they trade Scott Casimir, Matt Garza. They don't care. They want to win. Yep. And they're going to exactly. win now, and they're building up the future. Now, obviously, the Padres are not where the Rays are. I mean, the Rays are sort of a sort of your ideal organization in any, every way except their budget. They're able to win, get good players now, and they're building up the farm system at the same time. But we go on forever about how. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's you know, it's a sentiment of so, a, a, a very good organization. You know, they have they have uh, you know they have a lot of you know I think they have like seven or eight guys who are probably sixty or maybe seventy five to one hundred and twenty five type prospects who could be you know in, in, all in the top one hundred uh, in a couple of years. It's it's a good system. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. You know, you keep your eyes on the keep your eyes on the prize. You know, the Padres are, yeah, they can they can go for it. They can maybe go 500 this year if they would have kept Gonzalez and signed a couple of expensive veterans. Yeah, and then in two years they'd be screwed again. Of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it, it just wouldn't make sense to keep Adrian Gonzalez and sign. You know, I mean, I mean, could you could you imagine if they had signed Jason? Well, well they could have done they, they could have done what the Orioles did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, right? They could have, they could have traded for Reynolds and. Hardy and you know signed they can't yeah, they could have signed Derek Lee you know and said, I think they, they could have Mark Reynolds yeah yeah you know I mean some of those you know what I'm saying though instead of, of you know the, of the Orioles they the Orioles are kind of treading water yeah. to, to to say you know be respectable quote unquote and but I don't think it's going to get it even if they do manage to win 83 games this season they haven't moved the organization as a whole forward yeah I mean they did a very good job this offseason and um, a team who the Padres, the Padres. A team who who I don't think did a good job, and I know that you agree with this, and we've talked about this many times, the Dimebacks, who I think are just going to be flat-out bad this offseason. So, sorry, uh, this season. And if you all heard the interview with uh, Nick Picoro of the Arizona of the Arizona Republic, who Matt and I talked to uh, this past week, you know, he, he thinks that, that the best the Dimebacks can be is maybe around 500. And I think, you know, that's that's pretty accurate. I mean, I think that's the best situation for the Dimebacks. They, I mean, they just, they, they traded Mark Reynolds for David Hernandez. And you know what? David Hernandez is a you know, you know, he'll be a good reliever, but they traded Mark Reynolds for, and then they sign Matt. I, I know that you still can't get over this. They sign Melvin Mora, and they sign Jeff Blum, and they sign Xavier Nady, and they sign Russell Brannion. Well, so. I'm a, I'm a big Russell I, I'm a big Russell Brannion Brannion fan, mm-hmm. uh, Dave. Uh, I always have been. I'm a little worried because his home runs didn't quite go as far last season. I'm wondering if the back's not starting to affect his his power, but. But it's just a weird off season for them. I mean, you know, I look at their roster and they have some good, they still have some good talent there. Obviously, uh, Miguel Montero is a good offensive catcher. Kelly Johnson was a great pickup by the previous administration. Uh, Stephen Drew is a good player. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Young turned around, and obviously Justin Upton. Uh, sorry, Justin Upton is uh, one of the. Uh, Stars, yeah, I mean, great young stars of the game. I mean, he had a little bit of a down year last season, but I, he'll be back. I mean, he's he's just too good. Um, but you know, some of their other moves, you know, there's some combination of Juan Miranda, Russell Brady. I don't know what the problem with Brandon Allen is. Yeah, I, I guess agree. he never played for the, he never played for the Padres, so he sucks. <laughs> something according to, to Josh Towers, and then of course they're obsessed with Willie Bloomquist. I, and then trading for all these relievers and signing relievers. I don't know. It's like. I, I I don't understand what the plan is there. They, it's not like they didn't even trade for good prospects. Yeah, it would be one thing if they were trading for high upside guys. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm biased. Relievers are not high upside mm-hmm. unless he's gonna unless they're gonna be like a one of the best. Unless you're trading for another Soria or something like that. And even then, I mean, you know what I mean? They're not. <laughs> of I course. Mean, did I miss something? Did do they sneak some high well, upside? position player or pitching prospects into those trades that I missed? Well, not at all. I mean, but, what are they doing? Well, I mean, listen, I mean, they, they have a, you know, a pretty young rotation, uh, you know, a, a top three 
They have uh, they have Daniel Hudson and Andy and Kennedy, uh, two uh, pretty good young pitchers. I mean, it's hey, Joe Saunders won a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, according to Jerry Depoto. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, they have and, you know the bullpen. I mean, you know they signed JJ Puts. They it was just a really weird off season. It's you know because because you don't trade you know players to get younger and and to get cheaper and, and then sign JJ Puts to a three year deal or whatever it was. I mean, it just it was it was weird. And you know I don't think the Diamondbacks are, are in any better of a situation organizationally. If that's a word, is that a word? Yeah. Sure. It's tonight it is. Okay. <laughs> so, so you know, so I would have a really hard time, putting, you know, saying the Diamondbacks couldn't, I can get anywhere this year. It just, it all started with that horrible, horrible, horrible Max Scherzer trade by Josh Burns, and it's just been, uh, I mean, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't that bad of a trade if you consider, uh, you know, you know, they got Daniel Hudson um, after they traded Edwin Jackson back, and they got Ian Kennedy in the deal, but they, but they should have traded Max Scherzer. They shouldn't have, of, 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 of gotten a, you know, I mean, I think they could have gotten more for Dan Harren. Uh, yeah, you know, I didn't like that trade at the time either. I think, you know, Burns is a pretty – I think he's a smart guy. He made some mistakes. I think the thinking there was they were – I mean, I, I didn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I, obviously they know more than about Scherzer. I think they were concerned about his long-term health. They weren't sure if he, if he was going to be able to stay healthy and remain right. a starter. I think if they – you know, and you know maybe it looks like a guess drawing on that, and that's the way it goes. So that makes it – I personally, I would – I mean, Josh Burns, maybe he need to be fired. I would rather have Burns – than Towers running the team, running the team. Towers, uh, Towers is. I don't think he, he might be the right guy to take a veteran club and make some moves to finish him off. I don't think he's the right guy to build the club. Right, I agree. Hey man, let's talk about the Start from the ground up. Yeah. Let's talk about the Rockies. Yeah, I agree. From the, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I don't think Kevin Towers is, is that right guy either. But let's talk about the Rockies and they spent a lot of money this offseason. Uh, I, I mean, they spent money on Cargo to lock him up. They spent money on Tulo to lock him up for for many years. Um, they they acquired uh, Matt Lindstrom and uh, Felipe Paulino. They I mean they uh, they have they have a you know, they have in my opinion a pretty good uh, young player in Dexter Fowler who's gonna have a good season this year. Um, I mean you know the Rockies every year it seems like they have tons of guys who you know people say oh this team has to just has to win this year. I mean they you know they are they that good of a team? I'm not so sure that I agree with that. Yeah, I think they're I think they're the best team in the division. They're the most complete team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought this last season too. I, you know, look, things go wrong. I, I, I still think they're. I think they have the most talented team last year. You know, sometimes you don't win. The most talented team doesn't always win. Right. And they had the unfortunate too low injury. I don't think that cost them anything. And they choked down the stretch. Blah blah blah. But you know, they've got. Uh, they have uh, four good four good pitchers. I mean, Ubaldo. We don't have to repeat how good he is. De La Rosa. I think maybe has become a little bit overrated. But he's a good p- pitcher. Hamill is is very underrated. Yeah, pitcher. yeah, absolutely. And, I agree. And Shashin is, is also a good young pitcher. I'm not sure what I think of Paulino. They're gonna have a good. Uh, they're gonna have a a, a good uh, a, a, at least a decent pen. You know, even Aaron Cook is your sixth starter. I think they were trying to dump his contract this offseason, but that's that's not bad. They have some depth there. Yeah, they've Esmeel Rogers, a guy who I really like. Yeah, and I think that they're. Uh, their 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 position players are really good as well. Hopefully this is the year they won't they don't find some excuse to bench Ionetta mm. if he goes on you know a cold streak which they always do. Second Jose Lopez second I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, he's not as he was just got awful with the bat last season. But moving to the NL and to Colorado will reawaken his bat. He just had some bad luck. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure if he's good with the glove or not. There's a huge split in opinion there in, in Helton. Now they do have I think Tulowitzki is. Sort of in that second, one of uh, my favorite NL players. Sort of in that second rank of pl- non-Pujols players. So he's, I think he's right now. He's right there with people like uh, Utley and Holiday and uh, Zimmerman. 
yeah. as you know, that sort of like the, the, the layer right under poo holes is mm. <laughs> and, 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 and Brian McCann, whoever, you know, he's so good when he's healthy. Um, and there's gotta be some concerns cause the guy throws his body around a lot. Uh, and he's, he's a stud. Cargo is not going to be what he was last season, no. uh, but he'll still be he'll still be good. He's a he's a good player. He's he, last season he played like a great player. I think he had a lot of luck on balls in play. Um, I'm fi- they Seth Smith's finally get an, an everyday shot, which he probably should have had two years ago when they were running Brad Hop out there, um, or at least a year ago. Uh, I don't think he's a, he's not a stud, but he's an above average player. He's a good hitter and he can hack it. And, in, in, in right. I think what's going to be good, though, is that their, their outfield defense is going to be much better, not just because Hop is gone. Hop is maybe you know worse than Adam Dunn in the outfielder, just replacing him with Smith, who's average. But, you know, Cargo, who is, I don't know, I would say not a terrible center fielder, moving him to left and putting Fowler in center, is really going to prove their outfield defense, mm-hmm. uh, which I think will be a big leap. And they're going to hit, I think Ian Stewart, this might be a breakout season for him. Uh, but even if it isn't, I mean, he's a decent player. So they've got holes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lopez and Helton is not a great combination, and of course, uh, you know, Dan O'Dowd has you know has developed done a pretty good job developing players. Although not everyone agrees with that, he does a terrible job with free agents. So they've got you know Ty Wigginson and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the Rockies, to me, they're the team to beat in the West. Uh, I mean, obviously that you know the Giants and the Dodgers are gonna have something to say about that if you use that cliche, but. Uh, I don't know. I think they have, uh, unless I'm forgetting somebody, as I look across the roster. Yeah, so well, you know what? Make sure. I, think, J- I think Tulo's. I, th- I think Tulo's the best position player in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's the best position player in the division. Well, hold on. And I think Matt, yeah, Ubaldo. Yeah. Well, Matt Kemp only had a negative 26.0 defense uh, defensive UZR last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Do you want to talk about the Dodgers well, now? Hold on. I just want to talk about the. Uh, there's two guys in the Rockies who I really like. Um, two underrated guys, and you said one of them, Jason Hamill, and I like Esmeel Rogers a lot, and I think he could be a pretty good yeah. superman. I mean, you know, last year Esmeel Rogers, uh, you know, st- uh, statistically he wasn't that good, but he was throwing really hard. Uh, he, I mean, he, he was a very good swingman. He, um, he had, a, you know, he had a lot of strikeouts. I think he could be a really, really good, uh, Jabba Chamberlain type pitcher. You know, you know, uh, have him in the. Well, that's a bad example, but maybe. Maybe someone like Phil Hughes a couple of years ago, where he, you know, where he pitches in the rotation, and they goes to the bullpen. Someone who could are they are they, they going to give him a shot in the rotation? Well, well yeah, I mean, all the, I mean, it all depends on how Felipe Polino and and how uh, and how the fifth spot goes with you know Aaron Cook and everybody. I mean, I think he, I think he deserves a shot in, in the and also yeah, I'm also um Julius Chasin. I mean, I think I think uh, Esmer Rogers uh, deserves a shot and he's and he's being given a shot and you know maybe maybe he's really good in the bullpen. Maybe he's better in the rotation, but I think wherever they put him, he'll succeed. I, you know, at least a little bit. I, you know. I think he's a bullpen guy, I, you know, I really do. But I think if he goes in rotation, it's not a bad move. Jason Hamill is a guy who has really—I mean, you know—he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. He—he, uh, he, you know, you know, of course, his ERA in quotes is—you know—his ERA is bad every year. But this guy throws hard. This guy is a really good pitcher. He has good stuff. He—and I like him a lot. You know, I think he's going to have a very big year. Um, he's been pretty good. You know, every single year that he's been the Rockies, um, I like him a lot. Matt. Yeah, I, uh, Hamill, Hamill's, that was a, who did the Rays get back for? The Rays actually got they, a current Astro, uh, a former uh, Rule 5 pick, Anuri Rodriguez, for Jason Hamill. Yeah, because I'm sure they would love to have Hamill back. I mean, he never pitched that well for the Rays, but he's been really, really good for the Rockies. They were deciding uh, between, uh, between Jeff Neiman and Jason Hamill, and they, and they sent uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Jason Hamill. Yeah. 
I'm sure they like to have them both, but because uh, yeah. you know, uh, Hamill's a good control guy, isn't he? Yeah, very, very. Yeah, he has, and he has good stuff to his. Keeps his, keeps the walks down, and his, his his strikeout rate isn't bad. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I know he's a very good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I I would take him over De La Rosa at this point. Of course, yes, yeah, that's what I. Yeah, and he's still young. I mean, Matt, he's very young. He. He's been um, healthy for the Rockies. He's been a just. I mean, he's just been very underrated. He's one of those top underrated guys. I would, you know, I would have in the rotation. Yeah. Um. Also, this is a little off topic, but uh, tomorrow, um, sorry, MLB the show comes out, and I am taking Jason Hamill to be on my team. Uh, he, I'm gonna have him in my rotation to start opening day for my team. Okay. Good news. Yeah. Good um, news for Jason. And me. Yeah. And good news for me too because it's our podcast. Um, That's right. Dodgers. Okay. Um. Yep. Obviously, Ned Coletti, uh, you know, everyone makes fun of him. Uh, we actually talked about the Dodgers with Mike Petrello a couple – actually, it was a month ago, I, I, I think. And uh, Yeah, maybe our second podcast. It was our second podcast. It sure was. And, um, yeah. you know, the Dodgers, you know, I, I'm not a fan of their offseason. Um, they signed – I mean, well, hold on. That's that's uh, that's saying the least. I'm actually a big hater of their offseason. I don't like it at all. Matt Guerrero to a huge contract. I don't like yeah. um, Jay Gibbons that we've talked about. I mean, we're not going to talk about that because we talked about it so much. But um, you know, the whole—it's been a—it's just a crazy offseason for them, and they didn't really improve their team. But two guys I do like, actually three guys I do, I do like, were all signed to minor league deals, and that's Mike McDougal, Lance Cormier, and Ron Mayhe, who I would all uh, rather have signed uh, instead of Guerrero. <laughs> well, I think about the Dodgers—they have a great rotation. Uh, they've done well with that. I mean, Kershaw, Billingsley, Ted Lilia. I mean, I don't know if they – I can't remember now. It's been so long. I mean, the guy signed so early. Uh, I'm not sure if it was too big. Probably not a bad deal. I've always liked Lilia. I love his curve. Um, I think that's his big pitch, right? Yeah, sure is. Ted Lilia, I mean, yeah. And, I mean, and, and, you know, John Garland is a number five. You know, that's a good rotation. Um, and, you know, I think Broxton – had a little bit down here. Koo will be able to fill in. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with the rest of their yeah. bullpen. Um, guys hold on. Like um, Mahe, what's his name? Uh, Kenley Jansen is or Kenley Jansen is is really good. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you like him, but yeah. I, but like Mahay, I can't believe he's still in the mate. Another reason I want my son to be left-handed. Yeah, you know, you can, I mean, Mahay is like the white uh, homeless man's Darren Oliver. Right. Uh, <laughs> pitcher. Um, uh, but then you've got – but for their offense, God, you just don't know. I mean, look, uh, two years ago, Matt Kemp looked like he was finally fulfilling, you know, expectations. Like he was a superstar, mm-hmm. you know. And now, like <clears throat> like he was sort of holding his own in center field. He's hit well. And last season he just fell apart in the field and at the plate. You know, Ethier uh, – I always said Ethier, but it's Ethier. Yeah. Which, which one is it? It's Ethier. Which one is it? Ethier, yeah. Yeah. Uh, has always been – I mean, he's a good hitter, always been an overrated fielder. And now in left, they had Manny for a little while. But now they got this Jay Gibbons, Marcus Thames platoon. I don't – and then you've got Casey Blake, Raphael Farcalls, healthy like 90 games each season, Uribe, James Loney. Remember when he was good? Yeah. Me neither. I mean, so they could be – they're gonna. they might have trouble scoring some runs and preventing them next season. Uh, the only plus defenders I see there is maybe Farcall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, what they really should do – I mean, given the, given the personnel they have now, you know, they, which they shouldn't have, uh, I would put Tony Gwynn Jr. in center and move Kemp to left. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they want to win, uh, yeah. I mean, Tony Gwynn Jr. can't hit, but he can at least he can field pretty well. I think Kemp might be okay in left. Well, well maybe they want to lose. What if they want to lose? 
yeah, who knows? I that whole thing is just such it's a mess. The ownership situation, and they, like they put like they put together a great rotation. Which I looked at, you know, if you look at the Giants uh, off season yeah. last season, you would have said they they haven't done much yep. to win, and they won it. So maybe. You know, Billingsley and uh, Kershaw can go nuts. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll win the division or something. I I don't see a wild card coming out of the West, so they're going to have to win the division. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but there's some moves that they've made that I'm not a big fan of, and that's you know. Let's just leave it at that. It's it, it's been yeah. a strange off season. Um, I mean, they they have a chance to be in there, but I I don't. Right. I think it's going to be between the Rockies and the next team we're going to talk about. Yeah, and that's the Giants and. Uh, I mean, listen. Here's the thing. Uh, before we get uh, before we get into the whole Giants uh, team and situation, uh, I, mean, I mean, most of their success this season. I mean, pretty much their whole their whole team is banking on the rotation. And if Matt Kane is not, uh, you know, uh, um, it's not going to be healthy this season. You know, hopefully he's going to be healthy. Uh, I think he had, um, you know, a long toss today or whatever. I mean, it looks like he's not going to have uh, an injury, but uh, apparently he had an elbow problem. And if he's if he's out, uh, that whole that whole team is messed up. The whole team is is gonna have trouble. Yeah, they they don't have great uh, depth pitching pitching depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you look at their front five. Uh, look, I mean, overpaid. Like, we're not talking. We're talking about contention. We're talking. We're not talking about money. We're long term stuff. Well, Barry Zito's your number five. You have a good rotation. Yeah. You know, you got Lincecum, Kane, Sanchez, Bum Garner. That is a awesome front four. I don't think from one to five, maybe the best rotation in baseball, except for, of course, the Phillies. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I mean, enough said. And they've got a really good bolt. They've got a good pen. I don't think it's a great pen, but it's a good pen. Uh, got a hand that Brian Sabian. And, well, of course, what's really impressive about the the, uh, the, uh, the, the rotation is the four good pitchers uh, of Vinzito are homegrown. Yeah, um, sure thing. Which, which means they're cheap. And, you know, look, uh, you know, where are they going to hit? You know, I, I don't think Aubrey Huff's going to repeat last season. Yeah, I don't like that deal uh, at all. Brandon Belt is close to being ready. Uh, it's not, you know, but it's, you know, it's actually reasonable. It's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they, uh, I don't know, you know, it could have been shorter, but, you know, I thought they'd do something silly. Yeah. I mean, they let Uribe go and let him, you know, leech onto the Dodgers. But, look, they've got uh, – you know, when I said, I know there's people who are probably mad when I said Tulo is the best position player in the division. I don't think Posey's there yet, but Posey is, is maybe the second best position player in the division. Um, but, you know, the thing about Huff is they can, I think, you know, they've got Burrell starting in left. See, they had a great deal on Burrell for a million dollars. And if Belt is ready, they can always, you know, of move course. Huff. I think they're talking about moving Belt out there. That won't work very well, yeah. but it's enough for the season. And I'm not a big fan of, of Tejada at shortstop. I think he's. He was done two years ago, mm-hmm. but they had a good deal on him. Uh, I think I, I'm a big Andres Torres fan. You are? Yeah, I, I shouldn't say a big fan, but I like him. I think I hopefully uh, Bochi won't decide to uh, put him in the doghouse. He slumps for a week, which is the stupidest thing ever. But he's a really good defender, very athletic. I don't think he's going to kill it with the bat, mm-hmm. but he'll be above average. He'll be good for them. Uh, I think he's shown it for over a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Uh Freddie Sanchez I'm not very happy about. But, you know, look, this is a Giants team. So it's it's another flawed NL West team, but they have the best pitching. Yeah. Um, they've got an awesome young catcher. 
and you know, and then they've got somebody, you know, they got guys like Taurus, and you know, if, when Belt comes up, and if he can rake, and I, you know what, I think Sandoval's going to bounce back. What do you think of what do you think of yeah, Panda? What's I I actually like the Panda a lot, and I think it's going to be a big year for him. You know, I say that a lot. I say that about a lot of people, but uh, but this well, guy, well, everything's big. Everything's big with him. Well, of course, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he lost a lot of weight. Um, and, and I mean, and, and you know, people who have seen him uh, play, I mean, he actually lost a lot of weight. Um, he, you know, he's he's really, you know, I haven't really heard of, of a player as motivated to do uh, well as, as much as he has because you know because they told him straight they said to him, Pablo, if you're not going to hit this year, are you going down to uh, to Fresno? And he's, I mean, the whole off season he worked at, he he worked harder than ever. I think he stayed in San Francisco and worked with the trainer. Or no, sorry, he was in Arizona. The whole off season, Matt, he didn't go to yeah. uh, he didn't go to Venezuela where where his home is where his family is. He stayed in Arizona, I believe. And worked with the trainers, and I mean, he's gotten uh, he's gotten himself into good shape. He's been hitting. I mean, he's had a you know spring training stats that don't matter much, but he's been raking. Uh, he's you know he's looked good uh, according to everybody who's who's seen him play. Um, I think he's gonna have a big year. Um, I don't think that the rest of the team is gonna be as good as people would think. Um, Cody Ross is not gonna have a very good year. Um, Buster Posey's gonna have a good year, but his splits uh, last year were actually pretty uh, underrated, or sorry, or pretty um, um, overlooked. He was actually pretty. Well, he was. I believe he was really bad at home, or he was really bad on the way back. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about home road splits. Those generally aren't persistent. The, uh, I think Pose. I think what people are going to have to expect is that Posey is uh, going to regress to the mean. He's going to improve. Yeah. He's going to get better. He's, he's not. Gonna, he's likely not going to be as good this coming season as he was last season. That doesn't mean he's not going to be an excellent, great young player. Yeah. It's just that. I mean, it was a small sample of a really intense performance. Maybe he really is that good. I doubt it. But I think, you know, between Posey, I mean, Huff, Huff's not going to repeat what he did last season. They, they look, if Posey, if Huff can, you know, should be decent long enough for Belt to come in, and I, Belt may not rake right away. No, he's I mean, not. I think he's not. Not, not. not everyone is going to be Jason Hayward or Buster Posey. I mean, I think I think Royals fans, I mean, just to, I said we shouldn't talk about the Royals, but, you know, we can't expect Mike Moustakis to come in and be awesome right away, or Eric Hosmer. They might be, but they might struggle for a year yeah. or two. Yeah, it's very rare uh, that happens, but, yeah. But, but the point being that that might happen with Belt. But, you know, this isn't a division where you have to have everyone be awesome. I mean, that's why I, I still, I, to me, the Rockies are the team to beat because I don't look at them and think, ugh. You know, when I look at the Giants and think, ah, oh, Torres, ah, oh, Sanchez. Then yeah, oh yeah, Huff might be okay. Posey, Burrell, Tejada, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm yeah. thinking, oh, that's just I can't believe those these, they're starting those guys, you know. And with like with Colorado, I only do that when I see Jose Lopez, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, of course. Uh, and and I think Colorado gets solid enough pitching. So to me, it, I to me, if you're gonna ask me the order of finish, mm-hmm. I would go Colorado, San Francisco, L.A., uh, San Diego, Arizona. Okay, I'm gonna go. What would you say? Well, I'm gonna go from I'm gonna go from fifth uh, to first. Okay, I'm gonna go Diamondbacks okay. finishing last. Um, I'm gonna say Dodgers finishing fourth. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I think Dodgers can finish fourth. I think, oh, gosh, you know, I like the Padres, but not to finish first. But I like the Padres. I think okay, the Rockies are gonna finish first, and the Giants are gonna finish second. Okay, the Padres are gonna finish third. All right. Wow, that's brave. Well, yeah, it's brave, but you know, I'm I'm pretty bold with my predictions and. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm interested to see what Sandoval does. You know, he's not doesn't have a plate approach I would recommend yeah. to a young hitter. But hey, he's one of those guys that works for him. Yeah, he really is. Um, well, it didn't work for him last year, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he came up. You know, obviously, you know, we just talked about players who don't rake after they get called up. Yeah. So, uh, so this is this is the last you're going to hear from us until next week. Um, you know, we've had a lot of recording problems tonight, Matt. Uh, 
So we'll, uh, so we'll be back next week. We're going to talk to Joe, and then we're going to end it from there. So, uh, yeah. Polakowski, Joe, how are you? Uh, very well today. How about you, Dave? I'm doing good, thanks. And uh, you know, I know that you uh, that you're a big Yankee guy. You write for River Avenue Blues, obviously. And uh, I know you had a post today. Was it a Yankees preview? Yeah, on Fangraphs. I, uh, I'm being made fun of now by Dave Cameron for writing uh, the by far the longest preview yet on on Fangraphs. And uh, and what's it about? I mean, it's just it's yeah. a general overview of the Yankee season ahead. Uh, basically, you know, who's going to break camp with the team, who's going to stick with the team, guys that are coming up and, and basically trying to cover. I, I think in 27, 2700 words, I covered most everything. And yeah, I mean, and are there any certain, uh, you know, because I want to talk about the Yankees. Are there any certain, um, you know, um, you know, obviously the rotation, uh, you know, I, I mean, what what in your opinion is the Yankees opening day roster going to look like? All right. Um, well, starting with the pitching, as you said. The more we get in the spring, the more I'm convinced that Bartolo Colon is making this team. He's really going to have to bomb in order to not in order to not make it, and that's just because he hasn't given the team a reason to to not take him. And the whole point of that is that it would create the most possible depth if they carry Garcia and Colon in those last two spots, because the two guys who are relatively cheap, you can dump really whenever you want for minimal risk, uh, and then there's depth options. You know, the other option to break camp with a rotation is even Nova. And he can come up at any time anyway. It's not like he's out of op, you know, he's not even close to being out of options. Uh, so by having that depth, they can make Nova number two and David Phelps number three and maybe Andrew Brackman number four or some variation thereof instead of having those guys be primary options. Yeah, I mean, he's looked really good so far in spring training, uh, Bartolo Colon has. I mean, what would be a realistic expectation for him this season if, you know, if he makes, uh, you know, if he makes a rotation? If he broke a five four, uh, sorry, if he broke a four five ERA in ten starts, I would I would die of shock. Uh-huh. So the expectations obviously aren't high. He's supposed to be a serviceable guy who, you know, the Yankees with their offense, which is, I mean, could certainly be better than last year's, and last year's was best in the league. Uh, you know, with that offense, that they can survive with a guy like that, as they've done in, you know, for basically from two thousand four. Until 2009, and even into 2009, they've had to weather some pretty rough pitching performances, especially early in the season. Uh, and they've proven they can overcome them. And I think, you know, we got kind of spoiled by the expectations of having Cliff Lee. And, uh, you know, the fan base is kind of reacting as though Lee were part of the plans. Uh, and I, I think it's a lot less bleak than it's been made out to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also behind the plate, there's been a <coughs> sorry, there's been a lot of talk, you know, since uh, Cervelli got injured. And he's going to miss 48 weeks, it looks like. You know, I mean, obviously Russell Martin was signed to a four million dollar deal, and that's, you know, it's it's not it's not a lot of money, but for a backup catcher, you know, you'd rather not be paying a backup catcher four million dollars. Is there any chance that Jesus Montero breaks camp with the team as a starting catcher? Nope, I think it, they've all made it clear that that Russell Martin is going to be the starter, and honestly, there's no reason to not go into the season uh, with him as the starter. 
if he doesn't provide value, you have Montero there to kind of step in uh, and Martin can be the backup. Uh, but if Martin does recover anywhere near the way he played uh, basically before 2009, uh, that he can be a valuable player for the Yankees, not only on the team, but on the trade market and the fact that he has another year of team control left. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of upside with Martin, and not least of which is his defense, and that's something the Yankees right. catchers the past few seasons have really struggled with. Uh, throwing at runners has not been a strong suit. Yeah, and and also Joe, I mean, you know, so far this spring training, you know, it's been a really it's been really fun to watch the Yankees so far. I mean, you, you know, what would you say are some uh, some surprising stories, some interesting stories uh, thus far on the spring training with the Yankees? Uh, the fact that Eric Chavez is basically a lock to make the team at this point. Wow, finally healthy. Yeah, uh, well, that's the, the whole point. I remember reading something he was talking and saying that he got a few full-time offers, which is kind of baffling because if you look around the league, I mean, what are the, the Indians offering him the placeholder for Lonnie Chisinau? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't see many other places where he might have fit. You know, is he a better shot than, than Mark Tehan on the, on, the, on the White Sox and things of that nature? Uh, but he said he went to the Yankees because he was very clear that he was going to be considered a backup, and he kind of wanted to prove that he could stay healthy in any role. And being a starter is probably not the you know, mo- the most conducive to that. Yeah, and and I mean, are there are there uh, any you know expectations of you know involving prospects such as Adele Batanzas and Manny Bonuelos? You know, I mean, I, you know, obviously they've come up and they've and they've made a big uh, you know um, you know they've been really fun to watch so far in spring training. Uh, what is you know what does Joe Girardi and Yankees management have uh, in mind for those two and, and other guys like that? Well, uh, Cashman has said that Banuelos and Batances are going to start in Double A, and that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, Batances has 299 innings of pro experience, and I think Banuelos is somewhere around 230, 240. So they're both really short on pro innings, and to throw them into the majors at this point is just—I I don't want to say irresponsible because there's people smarter than me making the decisions. But it seems not the most prudent move to, to have these guys so inexperienced and then throwing them into the fire of the majors, no matter how talented they are. Uh, but there is, you know, Andrew Brackman seems like he's knocking on the door. They made it seem kind of early in camp like he could have broken camp uh, with the team, but that doesn't seem likely. But he could be, you know, for, he could be the first one up for all we know. Uh, so there's exciting things in, in that regards. Um, even Nova is another guy. Uh, he's pitched well this spring, and I don't know how long you've been following prospects, Dave. Yeah. But I can remember back in my days of just kind of browsing Baseball America and you know watching Jim Callis's chats and such. This guy, they've been high on even Nova for a long time. Right. And he's kind of you know put it together over the past few seasons, um, so that's you know kind of risen his stock a bit. I think he's got a little more to show than he showed. Uh, I think he's got a little more in the tank than he had last season. And I think that if they were if they had a bit more depth in other areas, if they had, uh, if they, you know, didn't have to cut Cologne, if they didn't take him north, if they didn't have to cut Garcia, if they didn't take him north, uh, you might see him getting a little, uh, a lot more consideration for the for the rotation to start the season. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because, uh, you know, you know, Ivan Nova was actually he was a Rule Five pick by the Padres a couple of years ago, and he didn't yeah. make the team. And you know, it's funny. I mean, he's had a very, as you said, he's had a very, uh, I mean, he's still young, but he's had a very long minor league career. He's an interesting prospect. He's. Um, Actually, is he still a prospect? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. He pitched a bunch last year. Um, I think he's probably over his 50 innings limit. And and uh, also, Joe, you had another interesting piece today about the Cubs. Am I right? Oh, yeah. I got a little miffed at the whole. I, I don't like the whole we have to make these guys compete for position battles so they don't get complacent idea. Uh, you know, teams know these guys better than I do, obviously, and they have their own motivational tactics. 
but I'm not sure that feigning a, a a battle for, especially involving a guy who's been the team's second best starter over the past two years, uh, I don't think feigning a battle for Randy Wells' rotation spot is the most productive thing to be spewing about in the media. And this is a guy who, in the if you take 2009 and 2010, there was no Cubs start. Uh, Ryan Dempster was their best starter, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the other ones, uh, qualitatively, Ted Lilly was on even ground and and Victor Zambrano was a bit better. But Randy Wells pitched a lot more than those guys. And that counts for, uh, people say, oh, it counts for something. It counts for a lot because you're taking up innings that are otherwise taken up by lesser pitchers. Uh, so Wells, in that way, has been the second most valuable. And even if you want to count Lilly as being up there, um, Wells is the second best returning pitcher. And then if you look at Wells compared to Matt Garza, it, they're very close, and Wells actually comes up comes on top on every objective measure, uh, except ones that kind of adjust for AL East and, and NL Central hitters. Uh, but to have him battling for a rotation spot, I think, is just absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe, how do you think of these uh, genius things? I mean, it's obviously a great topic. <laughs> um, sorry. Sometimes the ideas come from what people are talking about. Sometimes they're commentary. And I think this is a, a good time to address this as any. Uh, what we do at Fangraphs isn't necessarily sabermetric research. People forget that the definition, as said by Bill James, as coined by Bill James, the definition of sabermetrics is the study of, of objective baseball knowledge. Mm. And to do that all the time, to be doing all research papers like, uh, say, Phil Birnbaum uh, of Sabermetric Research does, that's not what we're going for at Fangraphs. Uh, Fangraphs, how I see it, and the great part about Fangraphs as another tangent is that it is what each author sees it to be. Uh, what I see Fangraphs as is a way to kind of provide baseball commentary that's more rooted in fact uh, than rooted in old cliches and opinions. You know, it's not that I don't like the, what's, what, what, you know, the traditional sports writers report. I just hate cliches. And it seems like they fill their column inches with cliches rather than facts. Mm. And I think we can, we can be a little more productive than that. And I'm not saying we're breaking ground or we're trying to uncover new truths about baseball. Uh, that's left for people a lot more technically smart than I am. Uh, I try to focus on the commentary and the entertainment aspect of it. Because when you think about it, we are all entertainers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you guys do a great job over there. Hey, Drew, I wanted to ask you about River Avenue Blues. And, and you know, uh, obviously you, Mike, and... And uh, and Ben founded. It. I mean, we actually had Mike on uh, on a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, and we talked about the Yankees, but we didn't necessarily cover uh, you know River Avenue Blues. Talk about how you know how it got started and everything like that. Uh, the three of us all started blogging on our own on our own little sites. Uh, I, ben started in '04, I think. I started in '05 when I got out of college, uh, and Mike started at the end of '05, beginning of '06, and we all we were all familiar with each other's work because we were like the, the like the third tier Yankee blogs. Mm. Like we all, it was back then. It was replacement level and Bronx Banter, and those uh-huh. were like the Yankees blocks. Uh, and there's Pinstripe Alley and other ones. And then eventually Ben and I started working together because we both got jobs that we couldn't maintain our sites by ourselves. Uh-huh. And eventually we were part of. Uh, I don't remember if you remember Most Valuable Network. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, they weren't providing the support we had hoped they would, uh-huh. and. We decided to branch out on our own, and at the time, Mike was writing pending pinstripes uh, in the same network, so we kind of uh, poached him. And I mean, uh, you know, after you guys got together, uh, you know, did you ever think that River Avenue Blues that would be as popular and as great of a site as it is right now? 
that was and funny. People always ask us that, and the cliched answer, and I just said I didn't like cliches. Yeah. Uh, the cliched answer is no, we never expected to be this big. Um, but there is some truth in that, in that we didn't start it to be big. We started because we we had tried for so long on an individual level to get to, to cover the Yankees the way we wanted to have the Yankees covered. Uh-huh. And it just wasn't working. And we thought, you know, this is our last ditch effort. You know, uh, Mike had changed sites six or seven times uh, before we started River Ave. And I remember him saying, this is my last stop. This is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was basically all of our kind of, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it this way. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Are there any expectations of River Ave Blues, you know, that you could think of? Uh, I mean, we expected to pick up some some uh, readers. We never expected, though, to be to pass all the, the Yankees blogs that were ahead of us. Because mm-hmm. remember... We started in be, be, right before the 2007 season, uh-huh. and you know the web became pretty saturated by that point. And the only way you could really move up uh, in in prominence among blogs was to have other ones kind of fall by the wayside. And I'm not sure what happened during the 2007 season. I'm not sure what did it, but we kind of started picking up steam then. Uh, we really and then the you know every it seemed like every uh, winter meetings we got this huge spike in traffic that kind of uh-huh. carried us through the next year. Well, wow, yeah, and it seems like you know, you know, at this point, you guys have, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if it's if you guys if it's possible that you guys are, you know can get more viewers or even be more popular. Is there any expectations, you know, as of right now for the future that you could, you know, think of? Uh, yeah, we were kind of disappointed with with growth last year, so we have huge expectations for this year because, yeah, when we had expectations last year and we didn't meet them. Mm-hmm. So when you when you have that you you either you do one of two things you pack it up or you get more motivated and I you know from the from the tone of the emails we've all been sending back and forth over the past month or so I think uh, we've chosen the latter and we've gotten we got pretty motivated to kind of get out there and uh, and spread the message because it, it's hard to it's hard when you get that much encouragement it's hard not to yeah uh, last thing before you know because I want to let you go uh, I know you're busy you know I mean what what I mean in particular makes River Avenue Blues a different you know, from other Yankees blogs? Uh, honestly, I don't think it's all that different anymore. And it really wasn't, uh, it really wasn't that different to start off with. Uh, what we decided to do, I, I guess we just, to put it the best way, and I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here and getting to the point. Oh, no, not at all, not at all. It's that we have, we have jobs and lifestyles that kind of fit uh, into this. Mm-hmm. I work from home. Mike works from home. Ben's in law school. So it, it's kind of it, it, it's that one we were able to kind of pin down a posting schedule where we're putting out eight or nine posts a day. And that's possible because we have the time to do this. You know, Mike and I don't have to drive to an office every day and have people looking over our shoulders. We work at our own pace. Uh, and that allows us to have enough time to get the River Out Blue stuff done. Um, and I really think you know, you can talk about content differences and you can talk about, you know, all different, you know, the ways we cover the team and the views we have. And you can talk about all that stuff. But I really think uh, if you're going to look at the difference, it comes down to the amount of time and the quality time where we are able to spend on the site. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, again, it's a great site. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Joe, listen, thanks so much for joining us. And it's great to talk Yankees with you. Last thing, uh, where would you where are you expecting Yankees to finish this year? Uh, if I said anything other than first place, I'd have a few angry listeners. What about? Uh, uh, but I'll, I, I really think second is second place in the AL East is probably the most realistic expectation. Uh, not just because the Red Sox are a great team, but because there's three great teams in the division, and it's it, you know anything can happen to them. 
So second place is probably uh, the most expected. And I honestly, I'd probably say the same for the Red Sox too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to butter you up or anything, but I really think the Yankees are going to win the division. And it sounds crazy, but listen, you know, for the Red Sox, everything has to go right. You know, I mean, when was the last time a uh, five pitchers or at least four pitchers stayed healthy the whole entire season? I mean, it doesn't happen very often. 2008, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, but I mean, but Edwin Jackson still wasn't, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, there were less injury problems in that rotation at the time. Uh, Scott Kasner was really the only big injury risk at the time. He, yeah, he missed the first month. And then he, yeah. then after he came back, only five starters started the rest of the season. Yeah. And only six started all season. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, the Yankees have the ability. They have a, a much better farm system than the Red Sox, you know, assuming there are. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if there's going to be any, uh, you know, midseason uh, trade targets, you know, in terms of pitching. But the Yankees uh, always seem that they're able to, you know, to figure it out, get it done. Uh, hey, Joe. Hey, thanks so much. For, thanks so much for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. It's been great. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. That's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. Yeah. With just the bare necessities of life. Yeah, man!